Test, 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 testing, testicles, testing, testicles. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Not Rocket Science, episode whatever, 50-something. 50-something, doing it here, Brooklyn, New York. Weather is reverted back two months it is about 50 degrees and rainy and depressing. I feel like Kurt Cobain in 1991 up in here. Straight Seattle weather. Not feeling it. Not feeling it. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't really get the whole Seattle thing, even though I hear that's very much a, an off-base stereotype. But I don't know. Never been. Never been. Never drink coffee, never like cold or rainy weather, but that's what I'm dealing with here. Hopefully you guys are uh, getting some uh, vitamin D, because I'm taking that shit synthetically right now, because there is no sun here. What's going on? Um, other than that, not much. Not much. I... Uh, over the weekend, fell into a 90s nostalgia deep dive. I don't know why. I'm getting into these moods when I'm on YouTube, and I just fall down the rabbit hole. But it's for things that are very specific. Like, what I did over this weekend was uh, I was watching a lot of... So, it turns out, on YouTube, there's all these old videos of concert footage of uh, bands that are, like, super successful, and it's early early shows sometimes their first show ever somehow all this stuff was taped like i was watching for some reason it was like bands i'm not even that big into um like blink 182 and like green day i was watching like blink 182 in 1996 and like green day in 1993 and then the craziest one was pearl jam in 1990 when they're still called mookie blaylock uh their first show ever pearl jam's first ever show is on YouTube. The entire show. It's at a cafe. And they kill it. They sound just as good as they did when they were like headlining Lollapalooza or whatever. They sound super they like everyone in the cafe was obviously shocked by how good they are. I mean, I don't know how many Pearl Jam fans are listening to this. I'm not even a huge Pearl Jam fan. Album ten is awesome, but I'm not like all up in Pearl Jam's fan club or nothing like that. But it was cool to see. I just I don't know. I like watching Things before they become big, if you can find the footage. And I was on this 90s kick this weekend. I don't know what it was. Going down memory lane with the Janko jeans and the airwalks and all that shit. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, not to uh, go off subject too much, but 
that was a rabbit hole I fell into over the weekend. Uh, and then there was Mother's Day, and uh, you know, went out to dinner, got drinks with the familia. That was a lot of fun, good time. But uh, yeah, not the most productive weekend for me. Definitely. I also had a really bad headache, so whatever. But a lot happened over the course of the previous week. And I would say the biggest thing in terms of the stuff that we talk about here, if this is your first time listening, is uh, mostly analyzing intersectional relationships between pop culture, business, and technology to a degree. Uh, Anything business-wise that kind of becomes part of the cultural zeitgeist or not even that but just becomes a pop culture item rather than just something deep in the wall street journal and the pages that no one reads for the most part we cover it on this show fyi and the biggest event by far was the uber ip oh shit this went terribly <laughs> it was a disaster of epic proportions probably the worst ipo that is initial public offering if you're wondering that's when a private company goes public and lets people buy its shares uh probably the worst ipo of all the times um yeah did not go probably as uber executive intended and look I've mentioned on this show several times that I am not very bullish on Uber for a ton of reasons that I will get into as a long-term play, but but I will say, looking into it, reading about it, watching it unfold in real time, a lot of the reason why Uber's IPO was such a failure had more to do with timing and circumstance than people not being that into uber although mm, i don't think people are that into uber as an investment i'm sorry i think people you know the hype beasts the stock i you know tech unicorn hype beasts not the sneaker hype beasts by the way totally different demo we all know people on the nike sneaker app ain't buying no damn uber stock let's be real here especially with that new off-white drops but for real, um, you know, people who just buy into the hype probably bought Uber stock. But I think smart investors are extremely skeptical. And I think that kind of bit them in the ass. And then there was some bad circumstantial timing. And it created this perfect storm of just awfulness for them. So let's get into it. This is what this episode's about. This is probably going to be a shorter episode because I'm not doing any like, current events or anything like that other than this current event. It's all about the Uber IPO. They're the biggest IPO to happen in years at this point. I don't even know off the top of my head. Uh, a bigger company from an industry disruptor slash brand name standpoint in a long time. Um, so let's get into it. So just some background if you're living under a rock or you're just very old school you don't know what uber is uber is of course the ride sharing app that started 10 years ago ish i don't know 
I don't know off the top of my head. I should probably have their Wikipedia article open to be a little more thorough with this. But I think they start around 2008, 2009. And they are... The industry leader in ride-sharing apps, for the most part, and uh, they've been speculating about going public for years and years and years and years, and they finally did it this past week, at the end of the week. Um, but what happened was this. So they priced their own shares near the bottom of their range on Thursday night. So they knew things were going to be low because it, it was the worst week ever not ever. What am I saying? It was the worst week so far in 2019, the week they decided to have their IPO. It is the worst week, worse than any week. Q1, we're now into Q2 quarters every three months. Third grade math, 12 divided by three, four. Anyway, it was the worst week on Wall Street due to uh, Mr. Trumpinator over there uh, with his... Imposition of higher tariffs on Chinese imports, which shook the market. The market got all kinds of shook by that move, which uh, created a lot of panic and created a collapse, if you will, in the market right when Uber was having their big day. Trump and Uber have kind of gone back and forth in the past. Uber snubbed him, so he's probably, you know, not too mad about it. And uh, another thing on top of just the timing of that week from a uh, global, international, economic relations standpoint is also the fact that Lyft beat them to the punch and their IPO went pretty poorly too. And Lyft is the little brother of Uber per se, um, although... In, Many ways, the more preferred ride service, I prefer them. Uh, they have a better reputation as far as company history goes and relationships with drivers. They had tipping before Uber did, and Uber had to put in tipping because of Lyft in order to compete and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, long story short, they are worth much less than Uber from an evaluation standpoint, but still had a rough IPO themselves, which made people a little hesitant. Uh, assumingly a little hesitant in regards to buying uber shares so all of these factors influenced their terrible stumble out of the gate but i think the bottom line with uber and why people were gun shy on investing is uber loses more money than any other company ever to go public they are a money hemorrhaging machine at the moment they are not profitable at all and there's no really clear defined roadmap for them to be profitable everything as far as uber from a value standpoint and a long-term investment standpoint is built on top of hope and on top of uber investing now in their future later the way Uber kind of paints their picture as a long-term investment is that they are going to be the transportation company of the future, much like what Amazon was in the 90s, setting themselves up to be the e-commerce company of the future, which is now. But 
and this, they, this isn't me like making an analogy. This is literally what they have said when people have, you know, reporters and journalists have um, asked them about how they're going to become profitable. They always compare themselves to Amazon because, as most people that invest know, Amazon had their IPO in 1997, and they at the time were also in a similar state where they were losing money constantly. They were not profitable. They were promising investors that they would be profitable and investing in the future, yada, yada, yada. They eventually became, obviously, very profitable. To me, other than the fact that they, both Amazon and Uber, were industry disruptors and created essentially a new industry based on their disruption, they both are that. And that is why they are two name brands that almost everyone, at least in the United States, is aware of. I will give them that. However, that's where the similarities stop. This is chocolate vanilla. This is Chinese food pizza. This is sneakers, dress boot. This is hoodie tuxedo. They are so far apart from each other when it comes to company makeup. They are so far apart from each other. It is not even funny when you get into the nitty gritty. Like if I was an investor for Uber potentially and Uber pitched me like I'm like some rich whale Bill Gates type dude and they try to make that connection to Amazon I, I'm leaving the room. I'm just leaving the room. And I get it. There's dudes like Gary Vaynerchuk that's like, my biggest regret is not investing in Uber. I was in the room when it started, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, he's right. As a startup, it would have been smart to invest in Uber. But as a public company, totally different ball game. And he, let's break down why. This is what the show is about. I'm going to break down why. Look, the IPO is one thing. They were sort of screwed over due to timing but let's get into this so they're already losing money they're losing money at a faster rate than amazon was in 1997 by the way um as a long-term play here's why i don't like uber all uber has right now is a lot of money for investment and brand equity they don't really have anything right now proprietary that actually works that separates them from the pack and creates a sense of real customer loyalty other than their name being the biggest name in the game right now at least here and this has already happened in other parts of the world where uber got swallowed up by local companies they are ripe to be overtaken right now because they have nothing that makes them unique right now i know they're investing in all this technology i'm gonna get to that in a second but right now what they have is an app that connects you to somebody else both of you already exist and could have done this on your own they're just a middleman with an app so it's a great use case because if you're trying to hit the club pop bottles you don't want you or any of your friends to be the designated driver you can go on your app you can set up your ride you can have some dude 
named Malachi pick you up in a Toyota Camry, and you and Malachi have an exchange of value, and he takes you to the club where you can go pop bottles, sip your Alizé, try to get laid, and if you get laid, great. If you don't, whatever, either way, you can take Uber again back to your place when you're sloppy AF. You might even get Malachi to bring your ass home. That's what they do right now. But the problem is there's nothing that is stopping you or Malachi from jumping ship if another company comes up with a better app or gives you some other level of value and convenience that disrupts the game that Uber created because there's nothing that special about Uber. Uber is not like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has a proprietary recipe, for example, where people love the taste of Coke and no one can really crack the code. Like some people like Pepsi more, right? So then those people, those customers are going to go to Pepsi and other people like Coke. But Coke has their recipe and that is their secret to success and that creates customer loyalty on a real level sure if someone creates a better version of coke per se then maybe people will stop drinking coke but no one's been able to crack that code and that is an actual proprietary thing for a hundred years and the recipe of coke which you know is a started in the 1800s actually had cocaine in it for christ's sake it has a level of complexity that is hard to replicate what uber's value is is easy to replicate and it's already been replicated and uber's already been wiped out in asia already been wiped out in african countries like nigeria already been wiped out in china And that has nothing to do with government regulation issues that they've run into in New York with the taxi unions and Paris and other cities. But let's just talk about the Asia case for a second. In Asia, there's a company called Grab. And Grab, Uber conceded defeat to Grab. Like, they literally just packed up their shit and left Asia because Grab throttled them. And the problem or I guess the reason why Grab throttled them, Uber's issue was they expanded too fast, they were too cocky, did not do their user research and field research, didn't quite understand the context and behaviors of Asian people in cities who need a ride somewhere, and that opened the door for Grab, who's Malaysian company, which allowed them to swoop in and grab Uber's market share. Holy crap, that was a terrible joke. I am sorry. I am sorry. Bad pun. Bad joke. But the point remains. They were able to take Uber's market share and run with it because of two things. There are two keys to why they did it. One, they allowed users to pay with cash. Uber only initially allowed a credit card. Turns out people in Asian cities generally are going to use cash over a credit card. Many don't have credit cards. Therefore, they couldn't even use the service, one. Two, uh, so the cities in Asia are very congested and traffic flow is usually an abomination. And the traffic jams are really, 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 really rough. I mean, my 
I was talking to someone the other day who went to Shanghai, and they were saying how they took a cab to go across the city. It was an eight-hour ride. It was an eight-hour cab ride. Eight freaking hours to just get across town. That's how bad the roadways are. So what Grab did was they started their company with not just cars, but motorcycles. And people were able to hail motorcycles. And that totally wiped out Uber. Uber did not even think of offering motorcycles. And they got destroyed. Eventually, they offered motorcycles too and allowed uh customers to pay with cash but this was like over a year after grab had already been doing it and they ended up winning similar use cases happening in african countries like nigeria and uganda right now with taxify which is an estonian based startup that is now a unicorn company they realize the same thing as uh, grab over in asia where they knew the market was motorcycles not cars and if they were to do cars they'd have to be cheap cars not regular ubers because no one's paying for a regular uber at best they're paying for uber x which was introduced because lyft initially offered cheaper rides but they knew that their play was with motorbikes which they call boda boda that's like the it's kind of like a moped almost and uh taxify just went all in on boda boda motorbikes and destroyed uber and it's a similar thing. And it took Uber two years to get bikes into African countries to compete. And too late at that point. Too late. Already destroyed. Taxify was already a unicorn. So goes to show some of the mistakes that Uber has made when they claim that they're the world leader in this. And uh, the fact that they've already gotten overtaken in other world markets to such extents that they have to me is a little worrisome considering the fact that they're hemorrhaging money every day are not even close to profitable and don't really have anything proprietary that's keeping them from getting overtaken even here in the united states so i just want to lay that groundwork for you guys to know exactly where uber is because that problem has not happened with amazon i mean alibaba exists and everything but amazon is by far the world leader and it's not like alibaba's are popping up in multiple countries or continents even. It's really Alibaba's the only other major world player in a different continent. Uh, Amazon kind of still has a stranglehold, and Amazon has AWS. Uber, we're not hearing anything about their technology um, stack that Amazon basically spent years investing in, released, and made a shit ton of money with. We ain't hearing any of that with Uber. I mean, Uber talks about self-driving cars, and Uber's whole thing is like, eventually self-driving cars are the future, and then we'll be able to be profitable because we don't have to pay drivers because they have bad relations with drivers. They've always had poor relations with drivers where they always want to pay drivers less because they've always viewed drivers as a temporary inconvenience to get to the self-driving point. But Uber doesn't have any of their own cars. So from an investment standpoint, I don't get where they're saying like oh invest with us for the future when we have our self-driving cars but it's like all right then what's the balance sheet um when you factor in the fact that you have to buy all these self-driving cars and install the technology and own all those cars you're going from a model right now where you have for the most part considering the scale of company you are low operating leverage 
And if you were to move to this model, where you have your own self-driving cars, presumably that is, in a way, higher operating leverage, which is a totally different business model. And you have to see the cost-benefit analysis of that compared to the driver model that you have now for it to make sense at all as an investment, let alone the dangers of self-driving cars. But to get back to what I was saying before, if you don't know what operating leverage is, low and high, it's essentially uh, an accounting formula that measures um, the degree of which a company can increase operating income by increasing revenue, and it's basically a ratio between fixed costs and variable costs, meaning things that you can predict, like machinery that you own, versus things that you can't predict, like the prices of goods, which is why a company like Walmart has low operating leverage, because they buy all their goods in advance, and then based on the economy and the market in general, those goods, what they can sell those goods for, varies. Whereas a different type of business like a company that sells private jets, there's a lot of fixed costs because you have the jets that are a cost and you can sell them for higher margins with less sales so you can predict and forecast what your revenue is going to be. In a nutshell, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an expert on this stuff. I just know the basics of it. But the point is, and neither is better than the other there is very successful companies that have high operating leverage and low operating leverage but the point is is when you totally flip how you work as a business from an investment standpoint you're like huh because right now uber is operating with their driver model and then if they're gonna have these self-driving cars they have to be their cars right who else is gonna own the self-driving cars unless they license them from individuals and that's just very weird in itself and uh from a security standpoint that seems much riskier but everything with self-driving cars is risky anyway. We're at least five years away from self-driving cars to being like okay, like okay-ish. Like not anywhere near perfect at all, but like okay, like decent. Like you could start selling them, but it's in the early stage. It's like internet when the cable modem first started getting good. Or maybe even dial-up. It still might even be in the dial-up stage. You might still have that shit going on. And I don't really know what I'm talking about with self-driving cars either, to be honest. Like, I'm just, I've, I've listened to some podcasts about it. So do not think of me as an accounting expert or a self-driving car expert. But from what I can piece together, Uber's thesis to potential investors is invest in us. We're going to be the future of transportation like Amazon is e-commerce. For them to do that, they would A, have to flip their entire business operation model to work so they can buy these cars that... It's very speculative whether it will even work or not correctly within in five years. And then they'd be able to scale their business correctly with these new cars that may or may not work right five years from now. That is a lot of faith to put in one company with a fairly tumultuous history from both a culture standpoint and a getting wrecked by smaller startups in other countries standpoint. That is why I'm not high on Uber. This IPO thing doesn't really matter much to me. Yeah, they were ba- they were a part of uh, bad timing, and that sucks for them. But to me, the bigger issue is the long-term play of Uber and people getting hoodwinked by not seeing the big picture of how they operate. Let alone this. Let alone, which I haven't even brought up, the fact 
that they're going to continue to not be profitable no matter what because of the ridiculous amount of marketing spend they have to do every year just to fend off Lyft in this country. Forget all these other countries, even the United States. They have to spend a ridiculous amount of dollars on marketing because they don't have anything right now from an innovation standpoint to pull ahead from Lyft. Lyft is on their asses right now and will stay on their asses like Justin Gatlin on Usain Bolt, just barely trailing behind. And right now Uber does not have that extra spark of innovation that lets him pull away like Usain Bolt did in his prime. Right now the race is like Usain Bolt out of his prime where he's just barely winning the races, but Justin Gatlin's on his ass, all roided up and shit. That's what's going on. And they have to spend a ton of money to just fend off Lyft because they have no proprietary product or feature or value proposition that's going to give them the edge and further disrupt the game again. You know, they're like in Tim Cook Apple mode. When they started, they were in Steve Jobs Apple mode. Now they're in Tim Cook Apple mode where they just got to spend, spend, spend to fend off the pack because they aren't innovating anymore. And they are just right now a middleman ride-sharing app which is slowly turning into a dime a dozen with all these like taxi union apps coming out now, like Arrow in New York City. Ride sharing is becoming a dime a dozen in a saturated market globally. And Uber is just selling the dream and promise of what it will be 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And they don't have enough of a track record for me to buy the hype. That is my take on Uber. But I don't know. I might be full of shit. Uber might be the next Amazon. They might take out Amazon. They might uh, buy Amazon and enslave Jeff Bezos as a driver, the last human driver, and then they have a ton of robots just to make a point. Who knows at the end of the day? But in my estimation, I'm just not seeing it. I don't know. Does anyone else see it? Am I just crazy? Am I just missing some big obvious thing here? I don't know. But just do me this favor. If anyone listening is an Uber nut hugger when it comes to investing, you're just on Uber's nuts, grasping for dear life as it's running away, please send an email to notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com and explain why Uber is a good buy right now. I'm dying to hear it. And if you don't want to email, just slide into my DMs at NRS underscore show on Instagram or Twitter. And let's just create a discussion here. I want to know, I want to talk to the person who's going to play devil's advocate and is and is high on Uber, like high, high, like Cypress Hill, Wiz Khalifa level high on Uber as an investment. I want to hear from that person. So please, please hit me up if you're out there. Anyway, guys, I just wanted to run down what's happening with Uber this week. I hope this one was a little more on the informative side, not just me being a silly dumbass. Um, and yeah, that's it. Let me know your thoughts on Uber. What you thinking out there? You can just hit, As I said, you can hit me up on uh, Rocket Science Show at Gmail or at NRS underscore show on Instagram or Twitter. I don't know why I said that. Like, it's the side effects of some fucking 
birth control pill or some shit. I don't know. I don't know. It just came out that way. I'm flowing off the top, son. All right. That's all I got. Hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy.